Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. This is KSL's Religion Today, a weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner, on KSL News Radio. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. I've been thinking for a long time about doing a show on the Holy Ghost. I haven't done anything like this for well over a decade, and I think it's in part because it's such a difficult topic. People think the Holy Ghost, well, I know about the Holy Ghost. We are influenced by him. We have the gift of the Holy Ghost, but there's there's a little bit more to it than that. There's much that we know about the influence and impact of the Holy Ghost, but not so much about who he is and about his nature. Let's start off with a fascinating quote from Doctrine and Covenants section 130, verse 22, in which we learn that the Holy Ghost is a personage of spirit. Now, when we hear person and personage, we might think, well, that's the same thing. We often imply that because in our current society, nobody uses the word personage except except in the religious context that we have maybe with the DNC or something similar. Let's talk a little bit about where that word comes from and what it really means and how that helps us understand who the Holy Ghost is. The Latin word persona meant an actor's mask or an actor's role. In other words, you put on a mask and you were the persona of the person you were playing. The word person came to us in English and it initially meant just a person. And then the word persona meant the role or the character that that person plays in society or at work or in the world, the persona of a husband or the persona of a wife or a child might be something you could say. To use the way that it's been traditionally used, you might say in the context of a movie, Tom Hanks was the guy who portrayed the Forrest Gump persona in the Forrest Gump movie. So both 
person and personage came after Latin to us through French. And the French A-G-E suffix that we have in words like usage and dosage and postage and percentage and marriage and drainage and orphanage kind of mean the status of something or the amount or the rank of something. You can really see this if you look at the high percentage or the right dose or right dosage. In the 1800s, the word personage meant two things to Latter-day Saints and Christians. And it was not the same thing as a person. The word personage meant a physical body or the person with the body or a person of high rank. And you might kind of scratch your heads and say, what do you mean a person with a body? Well, these were distinguished in their context and very nuanced. Let's give some quick examples here. You might say today a distinguished personage. You might say a royal personage. It implied an actual body. So when Joseph Smith and early members of the church said God was a personage of flesh and bones, that meant God looks like a person and has a physical body. When Joseph Smith and others in the early church said the Holy Ghost is a personage of spirit. You might scratch your heads and say, well, personage, physical body. Well, the personage part of that meant he looked like or in appearance had the look of a man, but he was a personage of spirit. He did not have a physical body. Today, the Holy Ghost is the third member of the Godhead. If you are a general Christian and not an LDS Christian, you might say he's the third member of the Trinity. We wind up with an interesting piece of information about the early Latter-day Saint beliefs of the Holy Ghost when we look at the lectures on faith. Many people are vaguely familiar with the lectures on faith. They were delivered at the School of the Prophets in 18 and 34 and 35 over the Newell K. Whitney store in Kirtland. According to handwriting analysis, most of them were written down by Sidney Rigdon. We should stop for a second and say that Sidney Rigdon came to the Latter-day Saint faith by way of the Baptist religion. He was originally baptized into the Peters Creek Baptist Church in the town of Library, Pennsylvania. He later became an ordained minister in the Baptist faith. The lectures on faith were written by Sidney Rigdon. He apparently had a great influence on them, although Joseph Smith and many others had significant input. If you keep that in mind, Maybe that had an impact on some of the information in the lectures on faith and why they were, fascinatingly enough, ultimately removed as LDS scripture. Many people don't stop and consider that the lectures on faith were actually the only scriptures that were canonized that were later removed. And, and here are the reasons why. If you take a look at the lectures on faith, 
they say at a certain point uh, how many in the Godhead, how many, t- how many personages in the Godhead? Two. Who are they? The Father and the Son. Well, the implication there is that the Holy Ghost was not a personage. Now, the fascinating thing about the lectures on faith and that particular statement is that this is 1834, but if you go back to 1829, five years earlier, and read First Nephi chapter, well, what's now chapter 11, verses 9 through 12, you read about Nephi, and he's just seen this vision of the tree of life, and Nephi says, I said unto the Spirit, I beheld, or I behold, thou hast shown unto me the tree which is precious above all. And he, the Spirit, said to Nephi, What desirest thou? And in verse 11, first, first Nephi, chapter 11, verse 11, Nephi says, And I said to him to know the interpretation thereof. For I spake unto him as a man speaketh, for I beheld he, this is he the Holy Spirit, he was in the form of a man. Yet I nevertheless, or yet nevertheless, I knew that it was the Spirit of the Lord. And he spake unto me as a man speaketh with another. And verse 12, for people who look closely at this, is often sort of dropped off, but, but it's important. It says, and it came to pass that he said unto me, Nephi, look, and I looked as if to look upon him, and I saw him not, for he had gone from before my presence. Fascinating series of verses here, leading one to say, well, Nephi spoke to him as a man, and he beheld that he was in the form of a man, but then he looked at him, and he didn't see him again, for he was gone. Very, very fascinating. In Christianity, we have this similar kind of ambiguity. You, 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 well, and, and let me focus on this ambiguity for, for just a sec. And we'll do that when we come back on the other side of this break. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. We're talking about the Holy Ghost. Who is he? And how have Latter-day Saints and other Christians and Jews understood the Holy Ghost? And the short answer is there's been a lot of discrepancies and a lot of questions about it. And there's not a huge amount of information. And yet the Holy Ghost remains a very, very important figure in Christianity and the LDS faith, as of course he should. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
Religion Today with host Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio. We're back. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. Our subject today is the Holy Ghost, someone who we think or something that we think we understand well, but perhaps we don't. Uh, and, and it's something that's absolutely fascinating. I think we understand the purpose of the Holy Ghost and his influence, but perhaps not so much who he is, what he was, and what he may become in in the future, uh, because that information just isn't out there. So when we took our break, we were talking about the fact that in the lectures of on lectures of on faith, which were canonized scripture, which were delivered in eighteen thirty four and thirty five, the Godhead was two personages, two persons, the Father and the Son, implying the Holy Ghost was a spirit or influence or essence or a mission from God and not an actual person. They were mostly written by Sidney Rigdon, who would have brought that view with him as an ordained Baptist minister. And yet, Joseph Smith was there and had heard the lectures on faith and looked them over and, of course, eventually um, would, would have approved of them in the form that we had them, if if there were a problem, he, he probably would have mentioned it. And yet, fascinatingly enough, neither Sidney Rigdon, who certainly would have read the beginnings of the Book of Mormon before joining the church and being involved in the School of the Prophets, and of course Joseph Smith also, who was the prophet who received the lectures on faith, and also the others in the school of prophets who listened to it as well should have been aware of 1 Nephi chapter 11, verses 9 through 12, which talks about the Spirit saying to Nephi certain things, and then in verse 11 saying about the interpretation of, of this tree of life, saying, For I spake unto him as a man speaketh, for I beheld, he beheld the Holy Spirit, he beheld the Holy Ghost, that he was in the form of a man. That's that's quite fascinating. It shows, I suppose, that not everyone can keep doctrinal ideas completely straight and congruent. We see this in Christianity as well. In the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit as a person, according to the Apostle Paul. We seem to have him as more of an influence when he is discussed as when Jesus was conceived, to put it bluntly. If, if you take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 15, we hear about the John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, we would say that today, that we are filled with the Holy Ghost. Does that mean that the personage of the Holy Ghost in spirit form is inside of us? When the Holy Spirit came upon the Virgin Mary in Luke, was that a person? That seems to be a little bit different kind of, of an idea, perhaps. So where I'm going with this is, is not that 
there's some kind of discrepancy in the Gospels or in the church about the Holy Ghost, but rather that this is such an idea that has so many different nuances and contexts in which it can be understood that we shouldn't worry too much about trying to get to the very bottom of everything. Try to understand the idea Holy Ghost, the idea Holy Spirit, all in a specific context for that's the best way to do it. One final comment here that I wanted to bring up that is really, I I think, important to understand, and that is that we have this idea of a comforter in the New Testament. In John chapter 14, verse 26, he's talking about the comforter or the Holy Ghost. And we have Jesus' last command to the apostles before he leaves and goes into heaven. He tells them to go into all the world and to baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So this is not just an idea that somehow the rest of us have sort of made squishy. Jesus himself talks about baptizing in the name of the Holy Ghost. That's a very important thing to know. And we also have a fascinating description of one of the lectures that Joseph Smith gave not long before he was killed that talks about the Holy Ghost as being a person, but a spiritual, but a spirit, not not an embodied person. And in Joseph Smith's lecture or statement or talk that was recorded by two different individuals, Joseph Smith talks about how the day will come in the future when the Holy Ghost will indeed receive a physical body, just as Jesus did and just as before him, uh, Father in Heaven received a body. Now, if you move beyond that to ask about the Holy Ghost, there's not much we know. We know that he was there at the beginning, at the time of the creation. That is the description that we have about somehow the influence of the Holy Ghost was there at the creation of the world, and presumptively that would mean the universe as, as well, and that he was integrally involved. So the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were all involved in the creation. How about prior to that? We have quite a bit of information about the Father and the Son in the preexistent life. We hear about a council in heaven beforehand about a plan that Jesus had that would allow people to come down and be influenced for good or evil and make choices and learn and grow. What do you hear about the Holy Spirit before the creation in a preexistence? Nothing. There's just not much that we know. And what do we hear about the Holy Ghost in the next life or the life after this one? Not much. There's, there's not really much that we know. We know about Jesus and what he will do in his role as the head of the uh, human family and taking, in essence, control and righteously ruling over the world. As at the end of time, Adam gives control of the earth to, to Jesus. But what about the Holy Ghost? We don't know anything about 
the Holy Ghost in that context and during that time period. It's it's just it's just a fascinating thing. So, in summary, the the parts that are important for us is that we distinguish between the gift of the Holy Ghost, which seems to be the influence of the Holy Ghost, which which we get and which will allow Him to constantly influence us. From there, we we have to take a look at what it means to have the influence of the Holy Ghost. There's just this wonderful article in BYU Studies that tracks the historical development of, of the belief in the LDS faith of Doctrine and Covenants section 130 about the use of, of the Holy Ghost, verse 122 specifically, where it talks about the Holy Ghost being a personage of spirit. If it were not so, he couldn't dwell in your heart. There are other comments that say things a little bit differently as you track it through. It's it's fascinating. What does this all mean to me? Not that there's so much inconsistency as that there is a lot of unknown information. Joseph Smith, during his lifetime, held the position strongly that the Holy Ghost was a person, was a personage, but that he was a spirit. He was not yet a physical embodied person. And that's about all we know. Later, others had different ideas about the spiritual nature of the Holy Ghost and whether or not he could dwell in your heart. As to those little details, I don't think that makes much of a difference one way or another. The point is, through the Holy Ghost, we are able to understand the truth or falsity of things that we desire. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.